is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour, the best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports here on the Sports Psychology Hour. You know, I've been doing this show now my 29th year on radio here in Kansas City, my 19th year at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And let's face it, the last few weeks, last couple of months, have been really frustrating. It's been hard. We haven't had sports. Everything on TV that's athletic is a repeat of something. But, but, this is a large but, things are starting to change. Thank God. We're starting to let teams have some light at the end of the tunnel. Youth sports teams are starting to get the go-ahead to start to practice. Professional teams are talking about maybe playing some games without fans, but nonetheless getting to play again. And we may, within the next month or so, be able to start seeing some new live sports again. I've been doing what I do for 39 years. I love what I do. I I work with people. I try to help people accomplish their goals, reach their potential, and have fun doing it. One of the things I love about doing this show is I get to talk with people and, and discuss with people how to be your best. What do you need to do to get where you want to go? And, you know, the last few weeks we've <clears throat> obviously had discussions with several people about what it's going to be like when you come back from this pandemic. Last week's show I've had a number of comments on. I had two coaches, Marjorie Sherrard, who's a swim coach here in Kansas City, and Billy Pinkham, who's a gymnastics coach. They shared how they're going to get their teams, their clubs, back into the pool, back into the gym, practicing again safely, productively. And it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge because a lot of people are scared. A lot of people are afraid to come back to practice. Let's face it, it is a scary time with the scenario with this pandemic. However, we are getting to the point now where people can start getting back into their activities, somewhat reserved, but nonetheless getting back into it again. So today I want to talk about a couple things. I want to talk about trust. I want to talk about confidence, leadership, and respect. Because all those words fit together. As a coach, and I know a lot of coaches contact me throughout the week who listen to this show. They talk about their athletes. They talk about how they have such a wide array of personalities on their teams. How do I deal with this person, Doc? How do I deal with this person? A lot of people are scared now. A lot of people are scared to come back. Leadership, to me, 
is about guiding people through not just the great times, but the hard times. And good leaders, I have found, do that quite well. They understand what it takes to be progressive. I saw a definition of a leader from a friend went to Vanderbilt with. He sent it to me. Someone who can judge themselves as fairly as they judge others. It allows humans to trust you, understand you, and they will follow you. No egocentricity, high humility, empathy, and mutual appreciation. Someone who can judge themselves as fairly as they judge others. So as a coach, right now, you need to be probably the best leader you've ever been because you've got to get these kids and their parents to trust you. You've got to get your athletes to trust you. It's a joint cooperation now. You know, as a psychologist, I talk about the importance of communication. I talk about the importance of sharing. I talk about the importance of understanding each other. A good coach, and I've shared this many times, you know, in, in the book that I co-authored with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone, Just Let Him Play, Getting Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports. We talk about the role of a coach in there, and we talk about what a great coach is. And a great coach is someone who is a leader, who is a guide, who is a psychologist, who is a disciplinarian, who is a communicator, who is a listener, who takes the time to understand their athletes. And right now, right now more than ever, as a coach, you've got to be a good psychologist. Because as you start practicing again, and who knows, you know, with a lot of youth sports, you may not even be able to play any games. You may just be able to practice. You may have to have your own games within your own team. But you've got to understand the fears of these kids as they come back and their parents. And I think it's really, really important. This is just me, and I'd love to get your opinions. I'm going to open up the phone lines here in a few minutes. But as a coach, I think it's more than ever important for you to have a meeting with the parents. And I don't care if you coach high school level kids, even college kids. Have a meeting where parents can ask you questions, but how you're going to do it? How's it going to work? Because let's face it, right now, the number one issue for everybody is safety and health and taking care of themselves. And Overcoming this crisis, this pandemic, is going to involve a lot of communication and discussion. So if you are a parent and your son or daughter is going to go back to practice, are you scared? Are you worried? Love to hear from you. If you're a coach, how are you going to do it successfully, positively, and make it work? And I'd love to hear from you because that's what I want to talk about today. As a parent, as a coach, or even as an athlete... Do you trust your coaches? Do you trust the people you're going back to work with that it'll be safe? And if, you, if, you're, if you're scared, what are you scared of? How can I help you get through that? And that's where I think so much of this is about communication. You know, I've, I've had the privilege to work at every level from the Olympic and professional level te- with teams all the way down to, to youth sports. And I have found that the best coaches are good listeners and they hear their athletes fears what they're scared of what they're afraid of they hear what the parents are afraid of let's face it sports to me is the greatest venue to learn about who you are because it's a physical and mental experience 
where you can learn about what you're capable of doing. You can learn about what you're capable of doing. And, and consequently, by virtue of that, it's a self-exploration. And, and you do it with other people, with coaches, and you can share it together. So today we're going to talk about that. I'm going to open up our phone lines. I'd love to hear from you. We're going to come back from our break and get some calls in here. And we're going to talk about this. And I want, before we go to our break, I want to thank the World of Warships. If you're still under stay-at-home orders or trying to figure out what to do with your free time, if your lockdown is over, World of Warships could be for you. With World of Warships, you can command a massive naval fleet featuring some of history's most iconic war vessels and unlock new ships as you prepare to dominate the oceans. Each ship is accurate to the original. Each battle makes it seem like you're right there. Each week, there are new missions, game updates, and events to keep you and your friends engaged for hours on end. You can lay over 300 ships across 10 different nations. There are over 30 million players worldwide. It's the perfect game to take your mind off things as we self-isolate to help flatten the coronavirus curve. It's available at worldofwarships.com and Vite code BOOM, which gets players started with two cruisers as well as premium currency. World of Warships, a perfect balance of naval action and strategic gameplay. Worldofwarships.com and Vite code BOOM. World of Warships, the thinking man's action game at worldofwarships.com. Invite code BOOM. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist, With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. If you're still under stay-at-home orders or trying to figure out what to do with your free time, if your lockdown is over, World of Warships could be for you. With World of Warships, you can command a massive naval fleet featuring some of history's most iconic war vessels and unlock new ships as you prepare to dominate the oceans. Each ship is accurate to the original. Each battle makes it seem like you're right there. Each week, there are new missions, game updates, and events to keep you and your friends engaged for hours on end. You can lay over 300 ships across 10 different nations. There are over 30 million players worldwide. It's the perfect game to take your mind off things as we self-isolate to help flatten the coronavirus curve. It's available at worldofwarships.com and Vite code BOOM, which gets players started with two cruisers as well as premium currency. World of Warships, a perfect balance of naval action and strategic gameplay. Worldofwarships.com and Vite code BOOM, World of Warships, the thinking man's action game at worldofwarships.com. Invite code BOOM. 
Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here from Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City, our flagship station. And as the Sports Psychology Hour progresses each week, we're getting back into sports. We're getting back into talking about sports. And today I want to get into this whole issue. As a parent, as a coach, as an athlete, how do you feel about coming back? What's it going to be like? Are you scared? Are you afraid? Are you hesitant? Is there some fear? If you're a coach, what are you going to do to make the situation the most comfortable you can for your athletes to come back and play? Because let's face it, it's a scary time with this coronavirus. We're finally at the point now where we can start doing things, getting out, going out to eat, visiting places, businesses are opening up, and sports practices, sports fields are opening up. Professional sports is talking about resuming competition, the NBA, the MLS, Major League Baseball have all talked about possibly starting to play some games this summer without fans, but nonetheless playing again. So I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, if you're a parent, you're an athlete, are you trusting the situation to go back and practice? And what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish? What is it you want to do? And let's go to the phones. Let's talk, let's talk to Sarah. Sarah, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. Dr. Jacobs, this is Sarah calling you from North Carolina. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I listened to you online. Um, well, thank really you. Relevant, relevant topic this morning. I am a single parent. Uh, my son is a Division One football player. And, you know, I played college sports. I've coached youth 
of sports, uh, his youth basketball team and so forth. Um, and as a parent, it's interesting what you said because I thought you were going to only be talking about the effect of um, on coaches and, you know, how uh, you be a leader, a guy, psychologist, disciplinarian, and a listener. And I thought about that. I'm all those things as a parent. And um, my young athlete uh, is having a difficult time right now, and I was wondering, you know, what advice you have for him given the situation. He's a junior going into his senior year, and like, you know, all aspiring Division One football players, his dream is to play in the NFL. So right now, you know, and he's had, you know, he had some, he's had some injuries uh, in the past, but um, what he's dealing with right now is, you know, do I want to go back? Do I want to, you know, go back and risk injury, or do I just, you know, concentrate on, uh, you know, preparing uh, for uh, his pro day and, you know, getting a shot at the NFL? So he has a lot of fear uh, about what it's going to be like, and I think what has happened with COVID-19 is it actually has brought out a lot of his insecurity. So, um, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there and see what advice you might have. Well, the fact that, as his mother, you're aware of this, that's a healthy situation, so it sounds like you've got a good relationship with your son, first of all. I do. That's good. Um, Has he talked with the coaches at his school because I'm, are, are they talking about starting to practice again here pretty soon? I know some schools here yeah. in the Big Twelve have talked about they're going to start, practice, you know, having a, a, individual athletes come back. So he has. What what has he talked to yeah. them about, and has he shared his concerns and fears with them? Not really. I mean, it's a different. It's an interesting dynamic, um, as you know. Uh, depending, his relationship with his linebacker coach is um, is pretty close. Uh, but his relationship with the head coach, you know, not so much. The head coach doesn't really, um, in this particular uh, school, doesn't really get, you know, close and, and personal with his players. Um, so he's opened it up a little bit about it, but um, so far he hasn't really gotten the kind of advice that, at least from my perspective, that would allay any fears that he has about returning. He's He's really ambivalent about whether or not he even wants to go back. Well, my suggestion would be, Sarah, that, that first of all, you talk with him about this and have him talk to you about, A, his goals, B, his fears and what he's worried about, and try to address that. And then I would encourage him with his linebacker coach, since it sounds like he has a good relationship with that individual, to talk with him about that. Because I think any coach at any level now has got to become more of a psychologist than they've ever been. And what I mean by that is they need to be a better communicator, but more importantly, become a better listener to their athletes and what their concerns are about, what their fears are about, what they're scared of. I mean, look, we don't know how this is going to work yet because we've never done this before. This virus obviously spreads very easily, and there's got to be really good evaluations and testing and, 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 and plans to deal with this because when you have a football team you're talking about you know a college team has you know close to you throw in the players staff and ancillary personnel you're talking about 100 to 150 people 
and it's it's going to be a situation where people are going to have to be careful with what they do. So I think your your son needs to you need to talk with him as much as you can, and then I would encourage him to talk with his coach about where he stands and get some reassurance from the coach about how they're going to handle things. I think that would be an important thing. Is he afraid to talk to the linebacker coach about this? You know, any players are afraid to divulge any vulnerabilities, right? They're supposed to be tough guys and, you know, not be afraid of, of anything. So I think when it, even when it comes to injuries, I mean, you know, he talks to me about injuries. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, he'll just suck it up and play through it because that's what you got to do because, you know, there's a guy right behind you that is, you know, ready to take your spot. And it's very competitive, you know. He's on a very competitive team. So I think he's afraid to um, give the impression that, you know, he has any fear. I think psychologically, you know, he's afraid to to – to give that image to the coach that, you know, he's not, because they're always drilling into him, oh, suck it up, you know, get tough, be tough, you know, play through it. So that mentality is ingrained in his head. So Right, except, I, except I, that's, I, except, so. excuse me, sir, but that that's where, how it was before. And this is different now. And so I think, of course, you can always, if you'd like, I would be more than glad to talk to your son if you'd like him to talk to me because that this is what great. I do. That would, I'd appreciate that. That would be awesome. Well, thank you. But I, 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 and you can get my, you know, uh, we'll give you my number off the air. But the fact is, here's the deal. It's, it, we're, we're entering a new time. And what has been is not what is. And so I think it's important for him. I think it's a sign of strength for him to go to his coach and say, look, coach, I'm, I'm scared. I'm worried. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I'm worried about catching this virus. I'm worried about all this. Can we just talk about it? I think any athlete that goes through their coach and says that shows a sign of strength, and and a coach that blows that off and ignores that is is, is a fool, okay? Right. Because right. this is a different situation now. This isn't about about being really the tough guy on the field. This is about being a smart tough guy in the field. Right. And that would be the way I would encourage your son to deal with that. So, anyway. Take really care. Feel free to get back to me. My that. office, 816-561-5556 is my number. Love thank to talk to you and your son about it if I can help you out. And thank you for listening, North Carolina. I appreciate that. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. 816-561-5556 is my phone number. That was a great call. And, and, and that's what a lot of people are dealing with right now. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. 
If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago, and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was, so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. hope you're enjoying our show today. We're talking about... If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you're a parent, coming back to play, coming back to practice, what's it going to be like? Just had an incredible call from Sarah from North Carolina, listening all the way from North Carolina, listening to the show. So I want to thank her for listening, A, and for calling in, being brave enough to call in and, and share her concerns about her son 
who's a D1 football player, going back to practice, and and it's got some concerns about that. So I want to hear from you. If you're a parent, you're a coach, you're an athlete, are you concerned about going back to practice? And what are your what are your fears? You know, a lot of people, oh, come on, doc, you got to be tough. Come on, we got to go out there. Got to practice, man. You got to be tough. You got to be smart. Okay, I don't care if you're six eight, three fifty, as I as is one NFL player who talks to me. Actually, six seven, three fifty, nose tackle, and he talks to me about his fears. He's got them. He said, Doc, I want to get. I'm hungry to get back out there and hit people again, but I want to make sure it's safe. And he's going to be talking with his coaches a lot because he's not afraid to say what he thinks or how he feels. And since he's been working with me on that, he says it's really helped because expressing yourself is important. And right now, I think as coaches, athletic directors, people in charge, especially the medical staff, it's important to share and talk with the athletes about how they feel. All right, let's go back to the phones. I'd like to hear from you for coach and athlete. And we have an athletic director on the line. Brad, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dr. Jacobs. I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for calling in. Tell us, uh, what, what are your thoughts about what I'm sharing this morning? Well, I, I really believe this is the most important subject we have going on right now. So um, I think it's important that we start back really slow. But I think the tone of what this summer said is going to install, uh, instill confidence in our parents for even going back to school in the fall. So I, I think a lot depends on how athletics goes this summer as if parents feel safe sending their kids to school this fall. Okay, you said you're an athletic director. So as an athletic director, then what are you talking to your coaches about in regards to this and how important are you emphasizing? You know, I talked about the importance, in my opinion, of coaches having a meeting with parents and letting the parents ask questions, not just the athletes, but the parents ask questions about their concerns and fears. It's going to be really important for our uh, people to communicate with parents more than ever before. But one of the problems we have is getting the parents together for those for that communication. Are we going to do the Zoom call for everybody? Um, maybe some parents don't have those capabilities. So um, the challenge is going to be that communication. Well, that's a good point. A lot of parents don't have Internet uh, capabilities, and so consequently or they're, they're not going to be able to do that. But then then my suggestion would be, I guess my advice would be, if you're not going to have a group meeting, which obviously is, is you know, a little bit scary right now, we're, we're going to get a group of people together. So do, do we do a Zoom call? And maybe you have four or five parents that can't be on that, then maybe that coach needs to call those parents individually and, and share with them how what he or she's thinking. I mean, what are your thoughts yes, on that? I agree. Like I said, I believe that communication piece is going to be the most important thing we do and reassuring parents that things will be okay, uh, you know, at our camps or at our practices is really going to set the tone for going back to school this fall. Well, it's it's interesting. Um, our last caller, I don't know if you heard Sarah, who, who called us from North Carolina, her son's a Division One football player. And yes, sir. Uh, linebacker, she said, and he and he's a little bit reluctant. You know, she said the head coach is not somebody that he talks to. His position coach, he felt more comfortable with. So, a football player, let's face, it, you got to be tough, you got to be strong, right, Brad? So, sharing your feelings with your high school coach or your college coach, how easy is that going to be? 
uh, it, that's never easy, especially for the the tough guy mentality. But what we preach to our coaches is those relationships. And right now, it's very important for that coach to reach coaches to reach out to their players and make those communication lines available. Yeah, I, I said earlier. I think right now, more than ever, a coach has to be a good psychologist. And in order to be a good psychologist, they need to be a good communicator. In order to be a good communicator, they need to be a good listener. And I think they need to ask their athletes and parents, let's talk about what you're scared of. And and I think it's important, and let me get your opinion on this, I think it's important for the coach to share what he or she may be scared of. Because I think that opens the door for these people, the, the parents and, and athletes, to open up as well. I, I would completely agree. Uh, one of one of the things about coaching, though, is um, you know we we played our whole lives, and you get become experts with your playbook or your X's and O's, and there's never that um, psychology component that um, coaches are taught in school. And I I think that maybe the trend now is we need to have those classes for coaches. Um, well, I don't know with their college degree or with um, uh, professional development with schools, but that's something that coaching lacks. Well, that's why I do this show, Brad, because hopefully people pick some things up on this. Because the import- Here's the thing. I don't care if you, and you're a high school athletic director, you said. Okay, if you're at the collegiate level, the professional level, or you're coaching a group of six-year-olds learning how to play soccer. Okay, you, Right now, you have to be able to listen to the athletes and their parents about concerns because we are entering an unknown phase now as, as, as the quote-unquote term opening up starts to happen, practice starts to begin. Last week on my show I mentioned I had a gymnastics coach and a swim coach on, and we talked about this extensively, you know, how they're going to do it. And they talked about so much the importance of they, they sent out letters, they sent out emails to communicate with parents. They want them to get back to them. And one of the coaches called me over the week and said, She's got some parents who, who, who said they're really scared of their kids coming back to practice. And she said, I understand. If you don't want them to come, it's fine. When you're comfortable with them coming back, it's fine. They're not going to fall behind everybody else if they're not here because of that. You know, they've got to do it at their own pace and be comfortable. And I think that's the, the to me, that's the best advice you can give. Yes, sir. I agree, too. So as, sure. a, and as an athletic director, then what's your advice to the coaches? What are you, what are you going to emphasize to them right now? The communication piece is, is clearly the most important thing they're going to do, but I believe coming back slowly and um, being safe, maybe not having a whole team there, maybe doing a groups of 10 kids at, at a time, a couple different times a day, and I really believe that's going to, when we come back and do that successfully, that's going to instill confidence in parents to send more kids there and then instill the confidence in parents to come back to school in the fall. Well, Brad, I want to thank you for calling in. This is a great call. And let, let, let me emphasize to you, you know, I, I come out and give speeches on these things all the time. So obviously this is a new area, but, but I talk about communication. I talk about respect. I talk about listening. And I'd be glad to come to your school and talk, talk with your coaches if you'd like. I want to thank you for your call, sir. You be safe and, and take care, and, and thank you so much. Thank you for your show, doctor. Okay, take care. I'd like to hear from you. If you're a parent, you're a coach, you're an athlete, practices are going to start up here again. How do you feel about that? Are you ready? 
I'm sure a lot of people are excited. A lot of people are hesitant. A lot of people are reluctant. I've, I had a, a uh, mom call me the other day, said, Dr. Jacobs, we're ready to come back and see you. My son's a basketball player. He's going to start practicing, but he's got some anxiety about it. He's got some anxiety about going back on the court with, with a bunch of guys he hasn't seen in a while. And he's been practicing at home, but obviously that's not the same as practicing with his teammates. And I said, what are the, the, the guidelines to come back? And she says, well, everyone's going to have their temperature check when they come in. The coaches have asked that, that the athletes actually get tested. That they actually get tested. So we're going to get him tested and make sure he's okay. She goes, I'm sure he is. He's been home. He hasn't been out and about. But that's, that's sort of the guideline. So I said, well, what if some people don't do that? She said, well, he can't force people to test everyone. But he can tell them if you haven't been tested, you don't have results, you're not going to practice. So some coaches are going to do things like that for safety issues. But they are going to take everyone's temperature. So I said, okay, be interesting. So everyone's going to go about this differently. But I'd like to hear, if you're a parent, your son or daughter is about to start practicing again, what are you concerned about? What are you, or are you, are you hey, just relieved they're going to be out of the house? If you're a coach, if you're an athlete or a parent, I'd love to hear from you. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work, and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million.
Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. He sounds very confused. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 10 WHP in Kansas City. Hope you're enjoying the show today. We've had two really awesome calls. We're talking about if you're a parent, you're a coach, you're an athlete, coming back to practice. Because we're finally at that point now where practices are going to start up again. Thankfully. I love sports. I love competition. I love watching it. I love participating in it. I love being a fan. I love working with teams. And I miss it. I miss it terribly. It's, you know, it's such a big part of our society. It's such a big part of our lives. And I think it's this entire scenario has made us appreciate it even more. I know many of the people that I work with and have talked to have shared with me the void that's been there without sports, you know, watching replays of old games or listening to replays of old games or competitions is great. It, it brings back a lot of incitement of things that have happened in the past, but gosh, what's going to happen next? You know, what's it going to be like to have an NFL game where there are no fans in the stands? It's going to be bizarre. One of the things I've been doing through this quarantine at home is I've been going through slides because my father was a huge promoter of taking slides when I grew up. So I'm 65, so I have slides from when I was a little kid. I found some slides of being at a Kansas City Athletics game, Kansas City A's game from the early 1960s. And that was pretty cool to see pictures of the old municipal stadium here in Kansas City. And I have a great picture of the, the Kansas City A's mascot, Charlie O. the Mule. And Charles O. Finley was the owner of the team, and he had a mule that was the mascot, Charlie O. the Mule. And I've got this great picture of him walking onto the field. Um, I didn't see anybody walking behind him with a shovel, though, but I'm sure they probably did. Um, but it's been cool to, to go back and look at all these old pictures of, and pictures of things that I've been at and participated in. And I, I, I looked at a bunch of pictures of the first Super Bowl that I got to go to with my dad. She's played the Packers in 1967. And, and it's interesting, I've, I've, I've gone through all these things, all these years of pictures, and it's made me appreciate so much about what I do and, and the people I've gotten to know. Because sports is, to me, the greatest venue to learn about who you are and what you're about. Because physically, emotionally, psychologically, you get to express yourself. But like our last caller Brad mentioned, 
the psychological part is still not taught the right way yet. And I think now, more than ever before, if you're a coach, and I, I know people are listening in a lot of places because my shows get podcasted throughout the country, throughout the world, actually. People I, I see on my uh, SoundCloud page, people are listening to these podcasts all over the world. If you're a coach, more than ever now, you've got to listen to your athletes about what they're worried about, what they're concerned about, and try to calm them down. Try to reinforce them. Try to show them that you feel the same way too. If you show them you're feeling the same way they are, I promise you, it will ease a lot of anxiety. Because as we start to practice again, as we start to compete again, we've got to get through this safety issue, the concern issue, and be able to be comfortable enough to go play, to go practice. And that first time you interact with another athlete on the other team or touch somebody or bump somebody or knock somebody down or touch someone in some, some way where you're out there playing, because let's face it, there's contact, or are you going to be all right with that? It's a whole issue that we've never had to deal with before. And especially for, for young athletes all the way up to, to pros. It's an issue we have to confront. It's an issue we have to talk about. And I think that the necessity, and I say necessity, of communicating and listening has never been more important if you are a coach. You know, coaches are leaders. They're guides. They're directors. It's like directing a symphony. You've got all these different musicians out there and you've got to get them all to be on the same page. You've got to do that with your athletes. And when you've got a group of athletes, and I don't care if it's a group of, you know, 12, 13 basketball players, 20 soccer players, you know, 90 football players, You've got to be able to delegate with your assistants to let them help you, and you've got to help the athletes through this. So the, the one thing I will tell you in my 39 years of work as a sports psychologist, actually 40 kind of grad school, I mean, I've worked with so many different sports, so many different teams, so many different levels, and the greatest coaches I've been around have been excellent listeners. They take the time to hear their athletes and I'm not talking about pros or little kids. I'm talking about everybody. And I'm not talking about male or female. I'm talking about everyone. They listen. They listen to their... You know, confidence is, in my opinion, the ability to believe in you, yourself, your skills, your, your, your abilities. And if there's one common theme that I have talked to athletes in all these years about, it's confidence. Self-doubt. Fear of what they can do. And so many athletes are, get scared, they're afraid because they don't want to fail. They don't want to let people down. They, the expectations they feel others have of them. They don't want to let their family down, their teammates down, their coaches down, the fans down. And so then this lack of confidence can come in and it can grow and it, it, it's, like a, it's like a plague. It just takes over. So that's where to me, if you are a coach, Ask, you know, athletes are not always going to be totally honest with you. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening to my confidence. But I've had a bunch that have. I've, of course, my job is to help them. And I can't tell you how many athletes I have worked with over the years, professional athletes. And I'm thinking of a bunch of them in my mind right now while I'm talking. Can't tell you who they are, obviously. But so many athletes I have taken into a coach's office with me. This is a doc come with me because I'm scared. I'm scared to tell them. I remember one 
Olympic cyclist. He and the coach were not on the same page. And I said one time, I said, all right, you know what? You guys have got, we've got to talk this through. Because he was on the Olympic team. He's going to be on the Olympic team. So we sat in my dorm room at Colorado Springs, and I'll never forget this. Got there at seven o'clock at night, and we talked until seven o'clock in the morning. All right, actually they did most of the talking, I did most of the listening, although I did throw in my opinions. We ordered Domino's, not once, but twice that night. We ordered it at nine o'clock and we ordered it at three in the morning. We had two large pepperoni pizzas. These guys worked through their, their issues. And even though, even though they still weren't totally agreeing on totally being in, in sync with each other, they learned to respect each other and respect the other's opinions. And after that, it, I can tell you it helped because they got along. They didn't always agree, but they got along. And so I think now, more than ever, it's important for you as a coach to take the time to listen to your athletes coming, you know, coming back from this pandemic, being scared to, you know, have they been sick, being scared to get sick? Do they know somebody who's sick? It's important. So you've got to communicate right now. You've got to listen. You've got to take the time to be a good communicator more than ever before. Cause it's not about the score. Cause you know what? Right now games aren't going to be going on. Practices may be starting. And a lot of teams like last week, our swim coach came on and said, USA Swimming has stopped all meets, at least for now. So we're going to have competitions with ourselves. We're going to work on self-improvement. And this is a great time to do that. How can we get better? Next week, Murphy Grant's going to be joining me. He's the head athletic trainer, assistant athletic director at Wake Forest University. He's been on the show before. He's one of the most knowledgeable sports medicine people I've ever talked to. He's going to talk to us about especially at the collegiate level, coming back, how they're going to do it safely in a smart way. So I hope you'll listen in next week. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. You know, I do this show every week. I love doing it because we talk about helping you. We had two great calls today, one from North Carolina, as a matter of fact. So I hope you enjoy the show. There are ways you can reach me. Follow me on Twitter at at drjsportspsych, at drjsportpsych. You can check out my website, winnersunlimited.com. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com or give me a call at my office at 816-561-5556. You know, I am taking on new clients. I do telehealth. So if you're somewhere else in the country and want to talk to me, want to work with me, I'll be glad to do it. Just feel free to get a hold of me. Stay well, stay safe, have fun, and communicate, communicate, communicate. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. If you're still under stay-at-home orders or trying to figure out what to do with your free time, if your lockdown is over, World of Warships could be for you. With World of Warships, you can command a massive naval fleet featuring some of history's most iconic war vessels and unlock new ships as you prepare to dominate the oceans. Each ship is accurate to the original. Each battle makes it seem like you're right there. 
Each week, there are new missions, game updates, and events to keep you and your friends engaged for hours on end. You can lay over 300 ships across 10 different nations. There are over 30 million players worldwide. It's the perfect game to take your mind off things as we self-isolate to help flatten the coronavirus curve. It's available at worldofwarships.com and Vide code BOOM, which gets players started with two cruisers as well as premium currency. World of Warships, a perfect balance of naval action and strategic gameplay. Worldofwarships.com and Vide code BOOM. World of Warships, the thinking man's action game at worldofwarships.com. Invite code BOOM. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back. When your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain. And you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful, pain-reducing prescription medicines. But most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station.